Legends Grapple fans, it's time once again for a new edition of this new show within a show. Let me tell you something, reviews the World of Sport Wrestling program that is currently airing weekly on Saturday early evenings on ITV1 for, I'm not going to say the foreseeable future, because I just saw the ratings for this episode we're about to review, and it's not a good sign. Which is a bit of a shame, because I guess this will be a mixed message of, a, of an episode, at least from my perspective. But anyway, as always, with me is the Nathan Cruz to my Adam Maxted, Mr. Simon Cross. Simon, how are you doing today, mate? Oh, you've given us a negative footing to start on, Lorcan. Just feel the atmosphere drain as each word came out of your mouth there. Um, but to put, to put actual figures against... Um, the vibe you were kicking off just there. I didn't know we... if we wanted to save this for the end, or if um, <laughs> shall we say it now? We just—I literally just saw it before we started recording, and I told you. Yeah, I think I, th- I think we should touch on it. I mean, I, I don't know how much we discussed the ratings, but the average, uh, the basically in this time slot, you need to have about one to one point one five million is sort of the average of a Saturday early afternoon, uh, early evening ITV One show. The first episode, which we were pretty harsh on, because it deserved to be pretty harshly done by, in our opinions, was um, viewed by just under a million on average, I believe. It was something around 900,000, the average viewers. The second one, which we were also harsh with, but it was a mild improvement, but only in the slightest of terms, posted viewing figures of about 600,000 with a peak of 800,000. And do you want to tell people now what they have? Uh, well, they have dropped from 600,000 to 500,000. So a sixth of the remaining audience has disappeared. And effectively, 50% of the million that they had at the start has just simply turned off their... Well, not turned off their televisions, but it certainly ain't tuned to ITV at that point. I think we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll go back, we'll circle back around to this. So let's actually talk about the episode itself. So the key big storylines that came out of the previous two episodes were that the champion, Grado, was obviously not favoured by the authority figure of the new World of Sport Wrestling, Stu Bennett. He was placed in a triple threat match for the title on the first episode between him and fellow babyface Justin Ry- uh, Justin Sizem against Rampage. And I learned Rampage... how to spell his name this episode. <laughs> Good for you, because they didn't <laughs> give any actual name graphics to help you with that. Um, Rampage won the title and is now the big bad champion who then successfully defended the title on the next week's show against Joe Hendry bit surprising Joe Hendry was so desperate to challenge for the title because you should have thought his mind would be elsewhere as he had had the first heel turn of this new show happened to him on the first episode with a guy called Martin Kirby with whom he'd entered into the tag team championship tournament that Tag Team Championship Tournament is an ongoing event. Uh, so far, we've had two heel teams get through. Yestin Reese and Kip Sabian, sort of an ITV version of Dolph Ziggler and Wade Barrett. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, I apologise, have advanced against Joe Hendry and Martin Kirby. And then last week, Adam Maxted, former Love Island contestant and fellow tall, handsome, and through the implication of Alex Shane in commentary, possibly gay friend of... Adam Maxted, Nathan Cruz are through to the quarterfinals as well, having defeated Doug Williams and H.D. Drake. 
We've also seen a new women's champion, the first time ever. That was the main event of the second episode, where Kaylee Ray defeated Viper, the, I don't know, the, the larger, one of the larger women wrestlers out there in the UK scene, and uh, B Priestley in a three-way match. That's the only women's match we've seen so far, and there's not another one in this episode either. So... That's all we've seen from them. What else have I missed out? Oh, there was a, there was a ladder match last week between four people. Lionheart, um, Gabriel Kidd, Robbie X, and another lad. Liam Liam something. Liam Drake? Am I right there? Or was that uh, H.G. Drake? H.G. Drake. I think it was H.G. Drake, yeah. No, H.D. Drake was um, Doug Williams' partner. Basically, oh. what I'm saying is they've been introducing far too many characters on the show so far. Yeah, unfortunately, so, my, unfortunately, I've not kept uh, our previous notes, so yes. we'll say we'll say a fourth entrant. Okay. Who start? Whose name started with Liam? I'm sure of that. Yes. But anyway, I'm just looking at this now. How many new characters are we introduced to in this episode? We are introduced to three new characters in this show, which is quite good going for this so far. <laughs> and it's we, sad that you say that. And episode three opens up with Stu Bennett in his yeah. office, whilst whilst uh, Simon just has his notes in front of him. Good professional. Just going to slow down there. Uh, great professionalism. Well, it, it does start. You're you're skipping a little bit there because they do announce before uh, it goes to Stu Bennett and his office. That we are to have a title match Another on this one, episode. Another the third in as many episodes for the WIS Championship. Indeed. Uh, so Rampage is going to go on one-on-one with Justin Sizen. Um, and I think Sizen this is... or Sizem? Yes, because this is, I think, the first time you see his name, or it's in one of the following matches when they have what's coming up graphics. His name is spelt S-Y-S-U-N. So Sizen. N, N for Norman. N for Norman. So I've been misspelling him for the past three weeks in my v- reviews. Doesn't that say it all, though? Not one name graphic front and centre in the show. You might be lucky to see it against the two little, the two quite big but not that big monitors on either side of the entrance ramp, if you're really lucky and pay attention. It does say also that you've not checked the W World of Sport website to actually Why see what the spelling was. Why should I? I shouldn't have to do research. And a casual fan wouldn't, would they? Exactly. And I'm trying to think about this through a casual fan's perspective. Because okay, that's okay. what they're trying to attract, like we said. <laughs> so I, that was a nice dig swerve there. <laughs> well, that's interesting, actually, if you're saying 500,000 viewers for this week. And we said that that's probably the top range of wrestling fans in this country. So that's... maybe they're literally only attracting people who would describe themselves as wrestling fans at this point. And I, think... Think that's, and I think that's a stretch, to be fair. And also, just because we have 500,000 wrestling fans in this country at most, doesn't mean every single one of them wants to watch World of Sport Wrestling anyway. Uh, your mic's gone, Mike, Simon. Sorry, I'm muted to cough. Right, um... No, no, you're quite right there, Lorcan. Um, I know wrestling fans personally who have no... I don't think they even know World of Sport is on. Yeah, really I can't... I, like I said, my TV's not tuned in, so I don't know how frequent advertising for the show have been, but I've never seen a... First time he's referenced there. that this episode, guys. Just just if you're keeping count. What's that? First time you referenced the fact that you, your TV's I not I tuned I only referenced it last time only once. 
just saying, one per, we're on per episode yeah, okay, so far. Okay, I'm going to keep that to an extent tally going as well whilst we're here. <laughs> um, I really want to say it now, but I'm not going to give it satisfaction. <laughs> so, okay, so the main... We, was, we were talking about, before we digre- digress, we were talking about the fact that we're getting our third title match in three episodes. Mm. Um, and Stu Bennett goes to say that uh, Justin Sizeman asked for a, a title opportunity, so I'm going to give him one. Now, doesn't that cheapen the whole World of Sport title even further? It's not just um, the sheer volume of matches we're having now. It's just the fact that I think, you I think don't have Sizem to do anything has, to earn one. No, I think Sizem has a legitimate gripe. Like, Hendry won be- Hendry challenged because they essentially laid out an open challenge saying there was no one who had the guts to challenge him, so he was like au contraire, even though he's Scottish. Um, and then the this one, you can argue that Justin Sizem, he was in the title match, he would have won the title if Rampage hadn't thrown him out of the ring just before. He would have won the title Eliminator. He would have been one-on-one with Grado. Yes, but also within the... Yeah, but he had Grado knocked down with the 450 splash and ready to be pinned, and then Rampage ran. And that's that's the nature of three-way matches. But if you you know if you know have to defend it, then logically the other guy that was in the match that didn't get pinned should be one of the top contenders for it. So, you know, if anyone deserved a title shot, it's probably him or Gabriel Kidd, if we ever find out what this big opportunity was for. Uh, so, well, I, I, you'd have thought a heel champion and a heel authority figure would have done that whole back-of-the-line shtick, though. Yeah, possibly, but... They also want to, but it's not, well, we'll get to that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So let's actually recap the event. So what we get for one of the first times, yeah, the only time so far was a backstage segment that wasn't at least based around a, a roving reporter figure uh, approaching someone, which actually we don't see the roving reporter from the previous two episodes in this one. can't remember the last's name. Uh, Rachel, something I want to say. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it's Grado walking into just into Bad News, uh, uh, into Stu Bennett's office, which looks like it's in the ITV steam pipe trunk distribution venue, if you ask me. He borrowed Commissioner Foley's office, didn't he? Possibly, yes. But uh, five points if you get the reference to that, what I just said. Um, but he, um, he's not... It, it, I, it wasn't the worst idea in the world. It was cheesy, but a lot of main stream ITV1 stuff is in exactly that kind of tone and Grado did do his funny little character shtick he talks about his bum bag he uh he he insisted on getting a title shot and he said he was going to take himself seriously and then did a very silly walk out of the room yeah so it was it's almost a it's obviously riffing on the old Austin McMahon authority Daniel Bryan storylines but with a bit more humor to it which is what we follow up on when Grado then makes his entrance in a full suit and tie. And what a tie. A wonderful tie. And flared trousers, I think. Or bell-bottom trousers. That was funny, actually, because I, I, I was rewatching. Do you reckon James. it was meant to be like, it's obvious he's borrowed like his dad's suit or he's yeah, been down charity shop? Yeah, that's not a bad shop. idea, actually. Yeah, it's not bad. that's not a bad shout. They didn't say that specifically, but it's not a bad shout that he did that. That it is an, a suit from so long. Or am I doing what like a GCSE English teacher does and reads incessantly between the lines hey, just so I have more to mark? But on. I did like that he was wearing bell-bottom trousers. One of the reasons I like that is because I was I rewatched the James Bond films earlier this year, um, or some of them watched for the first time, and they get the gun barrel sequence. And Roger Moore obviously filmed his gun barrel sequence sometime in the late seventies, but they never bothered filming another one. So right up to nineteen eighty five. A View to a Kill, 
he's doing his walk with bell-bottom trousers on. Oh. <laughs> like, they're slightly flared at the end of it. It's just Do you reckon not... this is one of those things where it's just like, right, we'll just stick this footage on? Has anyone actually watched this bit for, for like, the last ten years? Well, it's only so brief, and I, just, it's, I do laugh that they couldn't be asked to film <laughs> a new one. We ran out of money. Um, but anyway, Grado comes out, so he's going to take himself seriously, dressed like a supporting character in Revenge of the Nerds 5. And then Shah Samuels, one of the accomplices of the WOS champion Rampage, comes out and mocks Grado for his look and how ridiculous he is. Key thing here, he comes out alone. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm finding that a bit weird, because they're meant to be like a, a stable, but... Are they trying to convey that it's just a very unequal partnership? Or maybe... Well, I think it is probably an unequal partnership that Rampage is too important to look after. You know, it's like Triple H rarely got involved in X-Pac stories in DX. Uh, I quite liked it when they did that, actually, emphasize that they were a faction. Like, I remember when uh, Tory turned heel on him, like, Triple H was involved in that match um, as a supporting player. But, you know, it wasn't very often that Ric Flair would beat up one of Arn Anderson's opponents. True. You know... So, and also, just, it also builds into the storyline that they don't think that Grado's a serious enough threat and that they, he can beat Grado one-on-one pretty easily. Fair the point. whole story of the match is that Shah Samuels thinks that Grado's ridiculous, and Grado is sort of ridiculous, but he never gives up. And that's the base of the match. Grado gets beaten up, and he keeps coming back, and in the end, he hits a cutter when Shah Samuels does one of those, what on earth was this move actually meant to be? Other than to be countered (laughs) into a cutter for a three count. And Grado won, and so the story of Grado fighting against the authority continues after not being used in the second episode. Uh, Yeah, I've got a few notes on this. Um, Grado, that that taking a dog for a walk for a thing, uh, that's going to be his ITV catchphrase, because he slipped in that line that got the pop, whether it was a pop which was prompted by a big flashing sign or not. Uh, I'm even walking other people's dogs. Mm. Um, I thought. I feel like he has to come out with his dog at some point, like, a la the British Bulldogs and Matilda. Yeah, I, I think that's just the natural like, end state. Um, you do that, actually, that he's just exercising, just in general, and like maybe just have him walk out with the dog in the middle of someone else's match, walk around the ring once they walk back, and then just go back. He's just like, like sort of like Alan Rose did. Gotta get my steps. Gotta get my steps. My pedometer going. <laughs> and it's also inspired by one of our, our invented characters, Jay Walker, that we once came up with. <laughs> kind of on potential characters. Just walks through the middle of the ring. I have right of way because of legislation passed in 1272 that has never been overturned. <laughs> <laughs> Just having a big backpack on. The <laughs> Rambler! <laughs> Combine that with the Naked Midian gimmick and you've got... <laughs> You've got gold. Um, it was good. It was well. It wasn't a good match, but it was a match that would work. To it was solid. The audience it, was so, it was a it was solid match, which was designed to. Yeah, really, really basic. Like Charles Samuels got him in a rear chin lock, like thirty seconds into the match. Yeah. Uh, this match is a vehicle, really, just to like get people like chanting for Grado. Though, but you're wasn't getting it? relatable characters now, aren't you? You've got the plucky yeah. underdog from Scotland, and you've got the mouthy Cockney. It can't be any simpler than that. I actually think they need to play up the regional aspect to it more. That's why I'm so gutted that they weren't able to hold on to Zach Gibson. Oh, because yeah. if anyone's gimmick could have really... You could have done like a Bret Hart 
heart foundation storyline of that where he's a villain everywhere but then they do one show in Liverpool and he's a god oh yeah <laughs> it's just like revered like you know like you could end up doing like a flag match with like the Liverpool have banner yeah have Progress ever done a match in Liverpool I can't remember a Progress they show must be holding off on it to do yeah. it they must it, I, know because they've done it, Sheffield and Manchester and Birmingham they must be able to get somewhere in Liverpool if they wanted. It would be a great progression point. The problem is, you know, how many Evertonians will be there to screw it all up. <laughs> oh, but that, wouldn't that well, be they better always had the, WWE always had that problem, didn't they, when they tried to get sort of like a hometown crowd behind them. Like they're in Manchester and they'd have the Divas come out in Man United shirts and then just yeah, and at see, least and half the crowd just booing the hell out of them. Or when Barrett um, interacted with Wayne Rooney. Yes, that was good. Boo! But, oh, but what? Even, this is what they, we wanted. They finally got it right, though. They played up to it with Santino Morella. That he came out with all of the shirts on, and each one of them got. With Jerry Lawler with his surprising encyclopedic knowledge of football teams. <laughs> no way was he reading that off of a list. Not, not at all. <laughs> but see, they're playing um, up, that was playing up more to Britishness than this show's done yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think, like, people won't get what the bum bag's in reference to. Similarly, they will not get one other line in commentary. I will have to get this off my chest. When SoCal Val says, no wonder Grado is Dave Meltzer's guilty pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, I've got that note. What the hell does that mean? What the hell would that mean to anyone? Except anyone. people like us. Not even, like, only a fraction of those 500,000 wrestling fans would know what that means. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Maybe it's, 100,000 people know who great Dave Meltzer is at best. That's a stretch as well, 100,000 at most. Yeah. Probably more like it, half that. It is just a, it's a very weird thing to have said. Like, I don't know. I don't feel the commentary... I feel the commentary is one of the weaker points of the show. I think the thing with me is, because I'm, I'm doing a recap of it and keeping notes, I'm actually rarely listening to the commentary. If there are a couple of lines that stick out, I'll write them down. Like later on, Justin Sizem's referred to as the best pure wrestler in Great Britain. Look, I get you want to hype, guys, but that's, you know... That's just not true. That is not true, but yeah, call him whatever you like. You could say he's pound for pound the best in Britain. Or yeah. Something like that. But then again, you do that more for a smaller wrestler. But anyway, um, but I so... actually think that this was a success. And can I also just quickly, one last thing on this match. They actually used one of their weird camera angles. They used it right... There's a shot, they use the bird's eye view above the ring and Grado suddenly runs into shot and does the cannonball onto Shah Samuels in the corner. That was perfect because you don't have to see the point of impact. I mean, it already makes an impact anyway. It's a surprising and amusing visual and it's the be- that is the best camera angle to show that move. Except maybe underneath in the corner itself so you're almost looking at it from Shah Samuels' perspective. This is really weird, because I actually thought you were going to say another good bit of camera work, which I quite liked. Um, just as the match started, um, Grado puts his glasses down, and then you just see them shoot oh, the yeah, glasses. Oh, yeah, I do remember that shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite like that. I oh, quite also, like... Grado gets rallied by the crowd, and I think one of the kids that rallies him is the kid that he gave the baseball cap to. And he takes and the baseball the cap back. the baseball cap back. The problem is that yeah. that implies that the kid's been sitting there for three weeks. <laughs> um, unless you want, unless you want to turn that kid into like an Izzy super fan, and I actually yeah. think giving the 
crowd a bit of a personality wouldn't be a bad idea. I think they should take in that Britain's Got Talent thing where they mic up several members of the audience and actually... If you're going to cut to the audience, cut to them actually reacting to what's just happened. Mm. By having one guy say to the other guy, oh, that's his favourite move, that is. Or or a, or a little old lady saying, he's a wrong'un. You know, oh. I think that would be a really cool little... That, again, that'd be something different. That you don't, I don't think they've ever done in wrestling. They've never mic'd a specific couple of fans. Yeah. I, again, there's... The thing is, the Gogglebox comparisons would then creep exactly. in. But Gogglebox is one of the most popular shows on TV, so that's exactly what you should be doing. Yes and no, but they're not directly inter- They're not directly interacting with the content they're watching. Maybe that's a step too far. No, I'm but not. I would have it that they directly interact with that moment. Yeah, like, like say they do a, a big dive into the crowd and just have a couple of kid, a couple of people mics up going, "Oh my god, did you see that?" I think it would come a bit too much like what's happened with Deal or No Deal. It is. Well, the the, the people opening the boxes have just like dragged it out and become more and more elaborate each time. Keep listing shows that are incredibly popular. Well, is Deal or No Deal still popular though? Well, it's still on TV, which is more than what can be said for World of Sport in a couple of weeks' time. Hey, it's got at least 10 episodes and you know that. I don't know about that. Celebrity Wrestling was yanked off of ITV1 before it was finished. Now, oh, come on. There's no need to throw like disparaging things like comparing World of Sport to celebrity wrestling. <laughs> I, should ah, have, I should have been careful with the C word. Over the use of that. Stop dropping C-bombs. So anyway, we now go on to the match that's probably caused the most heated debate between you and I. Yes. yes Joe yes. Hendry against Martin Kirby. I do love, uh, I just want to finally say that I did love Grado's Hall Cup routine. Yes. Uh, it's fair to see a Hulkup routine um, where he caref- he sort of carefully took off the suit in a way. Yeah, it's whereas like Hulk just rips stuff. Grado was like, "Nah, well, my." Maybe you could later. say like, "This is my dad's suit." They should have had him literally say that. This is my dad's suit. I've got to be yeah. careful or something like. And then you can literally have. And then, yeah, and then you could have Charles someone who's going, "This is your dad's suit, is it?" And then deliberately rip it. There you go. Just really cheesy, humorous. If you're stuff. gonna do it, do it properly. Do yeah. Flaws. But anyway, so then we'll move on to Revenge or Redemption. I don't know how Martin Kirby finds redemption in this, particularly. I think Joe Henry finds redemption and getting himself... Like, well, then what revenge is Martin Kirby getting? He's the one that wronged Joe Henry. It's revenge and redemption. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And don't we claim redemption through revenge? Isn't that inherent to it? I think I just saw two R words and what an alliteration. I don't think those words mean what you think they mean. <laughs> <laughs> So this is again a very basic match. They keep it simple. They started off with some good humor, and I was—I kind of wish they again. I wish they leaned more into the humor at the start. With like, the crowd was chanting "Baldy" at Martin Kirby at one point. That could have been a thing. That was like, good. But then no one—I don't remember the commentators actually addressing it particularly, and it could have been just something that went throughout the whole match. Because uh, like, like I said, the noise is mostly just "Be loud, be loud, cheer, boo." Not specific things to that character and Baldy and things like that could really catch on. Yeah. One of the problems from a TV audience perspective and one of the things that sort of really like takes you out of the moment in terms of the rivalry was the commentator. When Stu Bennett goes, why is Joe Hendry so happy? He's meant to be like annoyed at this guy. That that to me just like exposes like a major flaw. And Shane and SoCal were trying to say, well, you know, he's just trying to be his like, usual self. He's still like he still wants revenge on Hendry uh, on Kirby, but he doesn't want to be like affected by him. I'm like, 
you sort of cut your legs off there, haven't yeah, you? Maybe. So Joe Hendry again is given some time to show some personality. He gets the crowd waving their hands in the air as if there was no social stigma to public displays of rhythm, and <laughs> and um and even the ring announcer does it as well. They play up the ring announcer a bit more, and also just the entrances are being given a little bit more time this this in this show. Things are starting to be given a little bit more time until we get to the match that are sort of falls back into all the bad old habits again. Um, I still think Joe Hendry should his lyrics should be appearing on screen when he's singing because it's obviously it's meant to be a sing along thing. But I still don't have a clue what he's singing because of the sound mix, because of the crowd noise, because of the commentators. No, I think I can remember the lyrics. I know I mean, that it ends with W O S. Yeah. that's all I know. Uh, Joe make things. Joe Hendry makes things better. He's on a title quest. Joe Hendry's. Joe Hendry makes things better for everyone at for everyone at WOS. I'm fairly sure those are the lyrics. I but might have got a word certain. or two wrong there. You would have been certain though if they'd have had the lyrics on the screen and then a bouncing Joe Hendry head along doing a single oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, we're in agreement. It needs that. Yeah. So the match again is fairly decent. It does lead to the the heel being victorious through cheating means. It's the classic rolls them up in the corner with his feet on the ropes. Um, and sort of plays possum, but it, yeah, that fell apart a little bit. It was just your da- just decent. Re- I can. Some people are saying that was the best match that the show's had so far. I would still pick the Doug Williams, HT Drake, Max Stednason, uh Cruz match over that. But it was it was again it was well told. The the editing didn't feel egregious. Um, it's still too short because all these matches are too short. Because I mean, oh, you know, the last two episodes crammed four matches into four segments over 46 minutes this one fit five in what's the thing um were there five simon's doing, the... simon's doing some counting now one two oh yeah i see what i've done wrong okay, okay. you've counted uh, four that was your mistake <laughs> well no w- w- one of the matches wasn't it's more an angle than a match in my mind i see what i've gone wrong yeah well, more of these should be ang- match- matches as angles for the most part. And, and again, they kept it simple. I think there should have been still... Martin Kirby should have had time to be on the mic and to abuse the crowd. And that can lead to him saying, don't call he- me Baldy, this is a choice, or something like that, you know? He did, like, shout to them, and it was yeah, sort of semi-fit to them. Yeah, that was good, And they should have, again, they should have worked with that more. But the, the sound mix is all wrong. The commentator's sound level against the audience's sound level. That is kept, like I said, it's kept to that constant pitch throughout. Hmm. They need to make it more organic-seeming. But... Ah... <sighs> I feel they don't think they have the time to do that. And they would I think they if feel they did they less stuff. I think they feel they need to make everything look like it's super important. Like, they get them all cheering whilst the whilst they're doing discussion. I remember last week there was this guy who just looked really awkward. And you could tell he was just everyone's... There's obviously a guy in the ring saying, Come on, cheer more, cheer louder. And I've never been a huge fan of those anyway, but... Um... I don't think hype men should just go, oh, let's cheer loud. What are they cheering at that moment? What are they cheering in that moment when they're coming back from a commercial break? Yay, Stu Bennett is talking. But we can't hear what he's saying. (laughs) Maybe that is what they're cheering. I don't know if it was more... WWE always... They've always gone to that perennial like rest hold or lengthy period of selling. That's Mm. And you know when you're watching a... TV taping, you know when the cameras are off. Like, it's gone to commercial break. You just do. 
Um, but you know what I mean. Like, but when Michael, when they Michael all, they Cole, always when... organically work the crowd back into it though, because they'll yeah. have the sound, they'll have the time cue, and the baby face will start like you know, joking and jiving again. That's fine, but they don't have that with this show. They just want the crowd to constantly be making the same level of sound. You can tell they've been told what to do, and yeah. wrestling weirdly works when there's a less compliant audience. So then they've got to prove themselves. Really, God, can you imagine if that sounds? It's better. It's weirdly better when you can see an organic reaction from the crowd, even if that organic reaction is mild indifference. Could you imagine what WWE would be like if Vince was like sending out those instructions to the crowd? Yeah. Sure, damn it! Well, he did do that to you once, didn't he? So, he, you know, he sort of told us off for not doing anything, mm. cheering or booing. We were everyone was just there, like, oh, okay, uh, this is a dark match. What do you want from Again, us? I don't think everyone in the crowd knew what a dark match was. Or they don't Part know, of the know, problem. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's go to the next match, which was, I think this was the weak match of the show, mostly through the editing. And there's one editing choice in particular. Well, there's two editing choices that go hand in hand as to why I'm so confused. It was a tag team match, the third, round, the third first round match of the tag team tournament between BT Gun and Stevie Boy against... CJ Banks, and not Rampage, not Char Samuels, but a person we've never seen before. Brad Slayer. Is it Slayer or Slater? I'm fairly sure it's Slayer. I went I'm, Slayer I'm sure it's Slayer. Well. I went Slayer as well, but I wasn't 100% sure again. And again, no name graphics. Well, there might have been name graphics on the tournament brackets, but those were quite small as well, so it's mm. hard to tell anyway. Um, 75% of the in-ring talent making their debut at this point mm. in, in like WOS and, and, and CJ Banks it was the first match he actually wrestled in yeah I mean it's and that's why it really baffled me that out of all the people they got to do the, the wrestlers are trained professional athletes and all that he was one of the ones they'd chosen yeah uh, yeah. let's get the heel that we still don't understand why he's on this show yet <laughs> I was just there I'll tell you what he's CJ Banks bothers me is that he's just doing I always one of the ones I like to point out is the difference between when you watch footage, old footage when they were both in CCW together, of John Moxley, aka Dean Ambrose, and um, Sammy Callahan, aka Solomon Crow. Sammy Callahan makes it clear that he is working really hard at all times. Dean Ambrose makes it look effortless. Mm. CJ Banks is working really hard all the time. And, and you can see how it. hard he's trying. Sort of when um, Mourinho was giving Luke Shaw all that stuff <laughs> last season. There are other examples. You just see them all the time. They come out, they do their entrance, and they're already breathing heavily because of how serious they take everything. There's one guy. Not oh, the Ultimate Warrior. No, no. Who's the guy that trained? <laughs> who's the guy that trained you? Uh, the one time you took a lesson. Ah. Joseph Connors was one of yeah, them. Yeah, he's guilty of that every time I've seen him on the WWE stuff. It's like everything is super important and everything is like at high intensity and I don't care. <laughs> As a result. Oh, you know what oh. I mean? Do you know where I'm coming from? Like, yeah, I'm well... sure, look, he's a better athlete and knows far more about wrestling than I do. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying as a fan, I feel like I'm seeing an artificial performance. And I'm always aware of it. And I'm aware of it from CJ Banks. We do appreciate... I was appreciate... very aware of it, and I was very aware of it. Ill-equipped 
Repeat that sentence, the sound dropped halfway through. And I feel the same way about his partner, because his partner felt ill-equipped. Are you still me alright? Yeah, you've, you're back fully now. You okay. were sort of tinny then. Okay. Now I can ha- hear you properly again. His partner seemed ill-equipped to be on primetime ITV wrestling. Uh, what's his name again? Slayer. He yeah, looked, Brad Slayer. He looked nervous. He looked awkward. He looked unnatural. He looked like he'd lost a lot of weight recently, but had a fair bit of excess skin around the midsection. So mm. I would have definitely covered that up with, you know, a, you know, leotard, sort of, yeah, Bret Hart leotard of some description. He obviously had height going for him. Maybe he'll become great in the future, but that did not look like a guy who should be on primetime ITV wrestling with the amount of talented British wrestlers there are out there right now. I appreciate that WWE has most of the very best tied up, but I find it hard to believe there wasn't someone out there. That could have, there was a more experienced, better wrestler for that role than the guy they went with. Mm. Okay. I, d- I don't mean to sound harsh, but he looked ill. He looked nervous. He looked awkward. His movement didn't seem great to me, and I wasn't impressed. And there was, it didn't. Sorry, go on. It didn't really help him either. That he didn't really like. You knew who CJ like was a bad guy yeah and you're fighting baby faces who have only really been able to convey the fact that baby faces by their colorful attire which is apparently completely different to what they usually wear someone a friend of mine was outraged at what they how they were being presented on uh on itv I, but i i didn't know and i didn't care uh they look fine to me although like I said, yeah. i'll get to this as well but also um Another thing about it was that it seemed like the story of the match was going to be that cj banks was too arrogant and so was in the ring too much but that didn't actually seem to be a story that they were building up much. Like, Slayer was barely in the match at all. Again, I think more due to his inexperience than anything. And maybe on the unnoticed one, he was in the ring more, and they just edited out a lot of his content. Maybe, because it didn't seem to be the body of the story of the match like it was with Doug Williams and H.D. Drake in their match. No, and this is part of the problem you've got, because they had a natural development. You could have worked with the story, but I think due to the fact it's Watershed, they couldn't work on the fact that one of the baby faces, I, I couldn't remember which one, yeah. uh, got that cut over his eye. You could have worked with Because he was a that. deathmatch wrestler, apparently. Oh, is that why he's, yeah, um, he's like Britain prone to... to the... That might be the reason, actually. Yeah, I was wondering why they had it, because it looked like a sort of an Usos type thing i wasn't sure because again it was like just they're a team they're a connected team you think they give them a team name then if that were the case yeah. no one's been given a team name yet which i always wish i always like regular tag teams have team names personally it's just a preference i have and wherever possible to be wearing matching attire that's just what i like <laughs> um i like my tag teams simultaneously like simultaneous. i like my revivals you know yeah. <laughs> that was terrible uh, i like my tag teams synchronized outfits same name, no, same entrance. Just a team name. Team name. You know, uh, it's like with um. Even when they went through that brief period on WWE that they were being called Team Hell No and Team Road Scholars, I was like, at least that's something. Yeah, I'll take. That's that. when they sort of like mash the themes together as well. Mm. And then you get some great ones and some horrible ones. The Booker T RVD mashup. Ugh. I have no recollection of that. Anyway, um. I only know it because it was on a WrestleMania. Team Hell Down. Um, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So these were the two two awkward. Like this was the, the most obviously heavily edited sh- episode uh, match of this episode. This was the one that was the closest to being as poorly edited as the first two episodes edited. Possibly for two reasons: one, uh, Slayer's an experience, and two, the blood. 
that blood got you notice all the camera angles then became really weird and awkward Did after actually bleed? yeah you oh, look at that okay. match um i didn't know one that. of the baby faces above his brow uh, I think it's the non-painted brow as well. Oh, that he help. after a super kick, he he started bleeding, and then you you watch. They cut away. Uh, they never show that side of his face. Well, that's again. interesting then, because that's why. And why when his hands jarring. raised, that eye's been treated. Uh, okay. That eye's had uh, proper medical attention when his hands because, raised. Because like nearly. So did they stop the... the match? Yeah. Or did they did he roll out and then like we just don't see the sit like the baby face spot yeah. while he's being treated because but. Nearly all of the match, uh, all of the heat segment on the babyface was eliminated. Like, yeah. the hot tag came almost about 30 seconds. Like, they beat up CJ Banks. CJ Banks got a hotter tag than they did. And then there was the cheating spot Steve where Slater like... rammed one of them into the apron. Okay. Yeah, 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 that was one bit, yeah. They got the heat, and then I think the blood happened. And then you go from the blood happening to, to the finish. Yeah, pretty much. And also, this was another part. Like of all the things that they edited out, they kept in this really awkward moment where Gunn and Stevie Boy have Banks in the corner. And they're obviously supposed to do this synchronized tag, jump in the ring, tag, jump in the ring, elbows, elbows, whatever. And there's obviously a moment where they kind of can't quite figure out what they're supposed to do, and they're sort of talking to each other whilst they're trying to figure. Out. It's just five seconds or so, and it's awkward. And they kept that in. Mm. But then they do cuts around like like suddenly CJ Banks has been knocked into his corner at some point. We don't know how. We don't know by who. And the hot tag happens. So obviously they had to work around things that were out of their control, I guess. Yeah. But it was the clo- it was it's my least favorite match of the series so far and the same one that had the editing problems. Okay. Oh, you mean the series is in the whole series, not just the tag series? Yeah, the whole, the whole. Well, the first, the two tag matches are probably two of my three favorite matches on the show so far, with Joe Hendry, Martin Kirby being the other one. Yeah, yeah, it's consistently the best part of the show, I would say. Yeah, and I'm sure that Gunn and Drake will have a decent. uh, Gunn and uh, Stevie Boy will have a good match with uh, Yeston Reese and Kip Sabian in the semi final. I'm actually looking forward to that if they're given the time to do that. Or how much of the time they're given we see, which yeah. is probably more yeah. the issue yeah, here. One gets cut again. So yeah. we get reminded of Gabriel Vic- Gabriel Kidd's victory in the ladder match, and he's won himself a big opportunity. But that you notice they was... never show any of like the ladder spots though. Like they never show him scrapping for it. It's just him. No. Oh, he's got it. Yeah, yeah. It was just wasn't that good a match either. Anyway, so and yeah, so Kidd's got his ch- chances opportunity, but it's a big opportunity because he's wrestling the big. 36 stone, which is just over 500 pounds, so that's an exaggeration. He's a big Thank you. That big. I, I figured out, I, I, I researched how many kilograms it was, but I didn't do uh, Imperial, I only did metric. It's just over 500 pounds, 36 stone is. Or 226 kilograms for those okay. who speak in metric. I don't, you young whippersnapper. <laughs> Alright! <laughs> so, yeah. Trying to reach out to the so millennials. Just, yeah, so this is just a big old squash match. Crater beats the hell up. This twenty-year-old Gabriel kid, Wade Barrett gives a rant against millennials in commentary. You, you saw my segue and you took it. <laughs> and Crater ends up beating him, but like hit, doing more damage what? than he needed to to get the win. Do you know what annoyed me the most about this match? Was it the scream that was piped in? No, sort of. Is that Crater spelled with a C, not a K? Yeah, it does seem like really it bothers be me. Yeah, you, you misspell it when they're evil. <laughs> yeah, 
K is more evil than C. Put a Q it's just in science. there if you have to, you know? Do it in wingdings. Because <laughs> Gabriel Kidd's got two Ds, or at least I'm assuming that. That's what they usually do. That is do. two Ds, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just fine. It's just Otherwise, he'd be Gabriel Kidd, mm. and that's an entirely different thing. It wasn't a million miles away from like a WWF Wrestling Challenge situation. It's the most old-school World of Sport match I've seen on the new World of Sport. Yeah, complete with the stretch job. It's obvious that with Crater, what they're going for is a combination of giant haystacks and Kendo Nagasaki. Because he's haystacks yeah. in size and Nagasaki in that he's got a mask and he's a bit more mysterious and doesn't talk or anything like that. Um, playing T-Rex scream that they do. Playing armchair quarterback. Do you reckon Crater's going to have a, like, a face turn at some point? Uh, if Bennett pushes yeah, him too this, far? If this goes two or three series down, yes, you do. But they won't have time. He's obviously been built up to challenge for the championship, I would have thought. Uh, like Against if, if, a baby if, face. If, if Series 1 is about defeating Rampage for the belt, which I would assume is what it is, and at the moment, out of anyone that looks obvious to win it, it would either be Grado or maybe the British Bulldog Jr. Yeah. Or maybe Will Ospreay. I don't know. Um, because the two most obvious ones I would have thought were Sizen and, and um, Hendry. And Hendry's already been beaten and we'll get to Sizen later on. Uh, it was fine. I think it could have been shorter. I think it should have been shorter, actually. Um, which is rare, given I'm saying everything should be given more time. I think this one could have been done in less They time. really wanted Crater to stand around a lot after each move, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, And they preempted... You know, it's like, like, modern monster matches are a lot faster than this. Mm. And this had very much a... No, you, you take your time yes. between each This move. is the character that would most likely appeal to the old world of sport person that likes the giant haystacks and Kendo Nagasaki. Yeah. Like I said. Um, I and know. I liked it because it looked very different. What very eighties though, especially the bear hug spot. Yeah, what bothered me though was the stretcher spot having been told to us was going to happen two or three times already in the show. Yeah, uh, well, it was the fact it was on the next week. Um, next week we're going to have this on and episode coming two. up as well. Coming up, you, you don't have that. You don't have that. Yeah. So it did its job. It could have been produced better. I'm not going to have a go. Crater's Crater seems like another character that could work in a in a big, you know, situation in a, in a situation where this is a success. Crater could be one of the ones that people know. Both every every working part did its job very well there. Mm-hmm. And so now we go to the main event: Rampage facing the wrestling pride of the West Country with a gladiator cape on. Justin Sizer. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I mean... Now, is that big the... around Birmingham? The Gladiator West Cape? Is that, is that the trend Midlands. on Broad it's Street? Country. It's the West Country, <laughs> not the West Midlands. If anything, you should be coming out on a Combine Harvester with a... <laughs> with a... with a, uh, hay, a straw of hay in the corner of his mouth. Do you really think he's going to hang around the roughest part of St. Mark's in Bristol with a Gladiator's Cape? You never on, know. Man. You never know. He's a big one, that lad. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he's he a can big... shift triple arrow. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Great, actually. He's got the gladiator's cap on. And we still haven't heard him speak. And maybe it is because then if you do hear him speak, this handsome, ripped, tall, Adonis of a man. He's like, All right, my lover. All right, I want this title shot. I do. Come on, then. <laughs> That'd be crap in that. You big bastard, you. <laughs> <laughs> Get here, you bloody lump. Come on, there. I'll rough you up, I will. <laughs> and we'll have a celebratory cider to end the night. <laughs> it just does the stone cold, but with, like, jugs of old rose. <laughs> Gets, like, half a jar and proceeds to vomit on a child and urinate himself. 
Now that's the gimmick I can get behind. <laughs> we call us. him White Lightning! <laughs> See, but those are the sort of characters that you want to have. Embrace the Britishness. Like how ICW has those Ned characters and all that sort of stuff. Embrace the Britishness. There's nothing particularly British about this. It's just knock-off American wrestling. I think that's what people will probably think. It's like, a, this show has been just like a generic, like most generic Mad Libs version of a Raw, written like as a rough first draft by one of the junior writers who's not very good at his job. Yeah. That's what the booking has been on these shows so far. Like the simple stuff has worked when you've got the right people behind it. But there's nothing, there's nothing that I can see would entice someone who doesn't watch wrestling anyway. And that's the same, but this, um... match, this match is perfectly fine. But it's just your generic heel bad guy wrestler wins with interference and then just stealing like the James Ellsworth finish yeah. with the count out loss. And again, a screwy finish, which is again fine if you're building it up and maybe Sizemore will get his rematch in a steel cage or something like that. Um, the obvious thing going in now is... Or they'll have a CJ Banks and a pole match. Yeah. So like R- Rampage and CJ Banks have now helped him hold on to the title on both occasions. But again, Charles Rampage Samuels. hasn't been given some time on... Yeah, Charles Samuels, sorry. Rampage hasn't been given time on the mic particularly himself. He's no. a big old nasty bruiser who doesn't actually look like he needs any help. Like, he, he's done his... Like, I would have put him in their role as, like, an Arn Anderson figure, and I would have made the champion, Adam Maxted, in all honesty, as, like, a preening Ric Flair-type figure. Or, if you're saying it has to be one of those three, Charles Samuels. He looks bigger, he looks thicker... Uh, no, I, I think Shah Samuels is fine in the Enforcer role. Shah Samuels and Rampage together working for Adam Maxted would have probably worked the best out of me, for me. Or Nathan yeah. Cruz or someone like that. Adam Maxted's a person people know. The Love Island connection. Or you Andy me. Kaufman it and have like a really scrawny, like, sort of like, like try and find like your sort of scrawny. Well, Martin Kirby would be an obvious one in that situation. Yeah. And having him think he's like, you know, the, the dog's bollocks because he's yeah. knocking over all these guys. Yeah. I like, you know, that's delusional, scrawny heel maybe, with, maybe. like, two big lumps. But we need to refrain from too much fantasy booking. Um, yeah. We've, just reflect, we've got to reflect on what we've got in front of us <laughs> rather than what we would like it to be. Um, I think I think the reason we are... We, well, we've, all, we've done this on many an episode. We've ended up drifting into fantasy booking. But especially in this case, because we see the potential that's here. Yeah, yeah. Even if this isn't the best roster of talent you could have got on this show, by quite a fair distance... Like I said, the WWE has snapped up most of the really great talents. And the very best talents in New Japan. You know, Skrull, Sabre, and Osprey. But Osprey they've been able to get. So, And, the, you know, he's going to be in the next episode as well. So they have him for the series by the looks of it. Yeah. So you work more with him. Because um, he is genuinely one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. And he does stuff that no one else can do. So if you put him on TV, there will be people who watch WWE... And there's no one that can match what just uh, Will Ospreay's doing. Maybe Ricochet, but he's on NXT. Yeah. So if you, you know, he's not he's not what a casual fan sees Ricochet. No, but a casual fan could see Will Ospreay and be like, "What the hell is this?" Potentially, but they had him lose his first match. Um, and again with Joe Hendry. Joe Hendry's always been a guy I could see working, but he's lost three matches in all three episodes so far. So it's good that he's on on screen every week, but it's not necessarily... He's starting to look like a bum. Unless you're starting to do some sort of revenge and but, redemption storyline over time. Two of his losses 
are negated by heelish behaviour. Well, like, in terms of, are, of like, all of them are negated by heelish behaviour. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, look, it's the same old thing again. But I will say beforehand, this was a marked improvement on the previous two episodes. Yeah. I enjoyed this is an episode like as a whole. I enjoyed the most. I think I enjoyed it in relative terms because I was expecting a lot worse. If this had been the first episode. I would have said, or at least this quality for the first episode, I would have said, there's potential here, but I don't think it will get the chance to succeed. Yeah. Because I don't think it will still, I still don't think it's enough to draw in a casual audience. And but it isn't. Did we, flat, did we flat out say the numbers, or did we say we'd circle back? We, we flat out said the numbers. They've now halved their audience over two weeks. How do you win that back? You can start to this, this, this remind it's all going to end and in my head whenever I, we talk about numbers I picture the Alan Partridge uh, dinner yeah have I got a second series you shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> smell I, my cheese you mother see that's why I thought if you were going to do wrestling in this day and age I think you do the ITV2 version of wrestling not the ITV1 version of wrestling mm. do you know what I mean I and think if, if wrestling they'd have took more risks if it was on ITV. They would have taken more well. risks. The need for the ratings to be so high would not have been as required. And then it you could have it on after nine you nine have it on PM. After nine PM, if you want to do, it, but you don't even have to do it that way. Yeah, you don't have to. But you've got the freedom. Edu- you've got the freedom. You've got. You don't have to appeal to every single quadrant immediately. You can gradually educate an audience and then try to build what it needs now to succeed is word of mouth, which is what Bake Off got, which is what Gogglebox got. No one expected those shows to be as big as they were. Yeah. Strictly, they wanted it to be huge immediately. Yeah, Bake Off was on t- BBC, BBC Two, first, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. It's been on 60% of all terrestrial channels you, now. Yeah, yeah. So, it's not... So... It's not impossible if they gave them a second chance but put them on ITV2 instead, having learnt from their mistakes, if they hold on to the 500,000 viewers... And if it's got a budget cheap enough that putting it on ITV2 and hoping to get retain someone like 300000 to 500000 would make it economically sustainable, that's how you can see a second series being made. It is difficult, though, because I think once you to see end that. up on ITV2... ITV2 is not BBC2. No. At all. No. But it like, has its own You would identity. not be on terrestrial... You'd be on Freeview, not like, terrestrial TV. But people know and there is a difference. When you say ITV2, though, you're saying certain things. Like, you know, you're saying Celebrity Juice. You're saying... Well, I guess you would have been saying those sort of Love Island shows. It's reality shows, isn't it? And it's Real of, Housewives of Cheshire. Yeah, it's it's um, Jeremy Kyle repeats. Family Guy. Family Guy. American Pass. Again, there's a British wrestling version of that that can work. And that's what I said. I think I said it in one of the first few episodes. The one that we were talking... When we were talking about the wrestling fan. And I said... There's an ITV2 version of British wrestling that could really work. I was never mm. sure that an ITV1 version could work, even if you did everything right. Even if they'd done everything right, I don't know that they would have been able to make this a success. I really don't. I don't know for certain. I said that there's a possibility, but that possibility doesn't become a probability, even if you do everything right. Yeah. Wrestling was popular... In, uh, on the world of sport, in the original world of sport, because it sort of had more of a community feel behind it as well, in a sense. Well, again, there was there was to an extent, would you say? 
I'm trying not to. <laughs> and then, and and like I said, the noises. Like I was, I've been watching some old British wrestling. Like like now on the blog that I'm doing, I'm putting at the end of it a little clip, a, a match from those British wrestling days, and you're hearing the audience react sincerely. It's yeah. quiet, and then someone does a big move, and then the audience reacts to it. Which means it means something. Which means it means something, and which means that there's a way of connecting to it with the audience. It's why so many people hate studio audience sitcoms with laughter tracks, even if they were there sincerely in that moment, because a lot of the time it feels like you're being told to laugh, or, which is not the case necessarily, it's just working within that rhythm of like theatre, which is where it comes from. And it can create community spirit if you do laugh along with it. You know, if I'm laughing when the people are laughing on Father Ted. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, the bell's ringing for a time limit draw. Um, so I think we'll have to call it call an end to it around here now. I want to be positive, and so I will say this was much better. Yes. It's still not a good show. But it's a show that now feels like it's got the potential to be a good show. There was only one episode. And whether that's just me now being used to and accepting the way that the editing works on this show and just feeling like I have to go with it. The editing, except for the tag team match, didn't feel as obnoxious. And again, I do feel there was a mitigating circumstance with the tag team yeah, match. Yeah, now you're telling me that there might be some more behind that. So maybe the editing... Go back and have a look at that that match again and you'll see this. It now. <laughs> I've not got that much time <laughs> in it. I've maybe got that time, but I haven't got that effort. <laughs> I don't want I like that go back and do more research no no I don't want to <laughs> thing is casual fan won't so I, I guess for your like seeing it through the casual fans eyes I'm curious to see if the to find out if maybe these shows were re-edited in the past two weeks because they've been on Twitter and that has been an overriding criticism yeah I'd be curious to find out if that was the case I think I think they have like the, the, the gap between production and post-production seems quite large. They seem quite disconnected. Yeah. You know, I mean, when, when you produce, when you look back on something you've just done, you, you feel the narrative flow. Yeah. It's fresh in your mind. When you go back to something cold, sometimes it's great because, like, if you've written an essay and you go back to it a week later, like, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> <laughs> um, but sometimes you're like, well, what was I trying to say here? And then you lose, you know, where you're going. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, this has been a, an interesting one. I think it's been a productive one. We've um, we, it comes from a place of good intentions. Our criticisms, for the most part, yeah. Maybe maybe I was harsh on C.J. Banks and Joseph Connors. I don't mean to be. I'm just saying how I feel. And you can ignore you know, C.J. Banks and Joseph Connors, even if they somehow, by some miracle, happen to hear this. They can ignore everything I said and they'd be absolutely right to do so. I'm just oh, yeah. saying how I feel. My main overriding sense was this was an improvement, but it's still a generic wrestling show trying to do what they think other wrestling shows are like. like there's this guy I like on um, Twitter called Alan Cheapshots who does some really good uh, observations about wrestling. And so that is like a Christian name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... Here we go. Let's see what he says about WOS. I'm just going to try and do a quick word search for it. Since yesterday. Um, so yeah, Alan underscore cheap shot. If you want to. I'm sure people have probably already heard of him. But WOS. Let's see what he said about WOS. 
My dad, so he's tweeting someone else saying, this very perfect, this is him retweeting someone else, Jack Sharp. My dad watched the episode with me last night. He watched the old WOS. He pointed something out. No one has a character. There's hardly any promos, so why would average viewer care about the talent? We touched on this last episode. So yeah, then he says the end is nigh. The last night's WOS wrestling had 0.5 viewers with a 4.9% share. 4.9% share of all potential audiences. ITV1's only getting 5% of its potential audience. So only one of 20 televisions are tuned back in. Playing Devil's Advocate. Playing Devil's Advocate. The Premier League was back this week. Yeah, but then... If, you, if you're writing it off as just a, a write-off, and it's kind of like how for years when Friends was on NBC, ABC had Whose Line Is It Anyway on. Because it was yeah. so cheap to make. It didn't matter that it didn't even give that much, get that many ratings. It made money for what it was. Yeah. And I mean, it was so popular that they brought it back. So if wrestling is cheap to make, then maybe they will find the right time slot where 500,000 people are enough for them. But it's not here. But it's not here. It's not on Saturday early evenings. So no. I don't know where it is. And you know what? I Maybe it is a people... Tuesday night on ITV2. And there is a lot of Venn diagram that maybe some of the people that would have gone, oh, this wrestling's all right. Now football is... Now Premier Division football is back. Premier Division, how old do I sound? Mm-hmm. Now Premier League football is back. Uh, they're not going to be watching. They're going to be in the pub. They're going to be BT Sport. Yeah. They're going to be like illegally streaming it for Cody boxes. They're going to be tuning into you. Mm. So this was his other point. I feel the brains, in inverted commas, uh, oh, oh. behind WOS have squandered such a great opportunity by trying to be WWE light from a production point of view. Do we know who Head Booker is? I don't. I would assume Alex Shane has some involvement in it, because he usually does in these things. It would make sense to have him involved. I tried to look up the production company, which is Top Rope Productions, and I couldn't find anything on it elsewhere. We can, we, can, we can keep looking and doing some research. Uh, yeah, they have also failed to follow Storytelling 101 by introducing wrestlers to the audience to allow the audience to care about what they are watching. I think Joe Hendry's doing the best he can with it. Grado's doing the best he can with it. Bennett is trying in some capacities, but his commentary is not doing an amazing job for it. He's the best of a bad boy. It's just, they're just showing there's too much wrestling on this wrestling show. It's weird that that isn't it though, like yeah. that we as like fans who like the ing ring content the most mm. are having to say that, but it gets a bit angrier here. I am actually mad at the opportunity that has been squandered by the brains behind WOS. The talent was there, the table was laid, and you then don't apply any basic logic in how to build an audience, and that is then a self fulfilling prophecy. Ratings tumble. Says it orally, though, doesn't it? It's like there was no, there's no been no real solid foundation of here's our identity, here's why you should like the people we're presenting. They have time to fix it. I don't think they will. And also, it's a problem because it was all pre-produced, so they've got those ten episodes there already. That's it. That's done now. Yeah. It's it's fiddly. It's not impossible, but I think this show will be. I think our podcast will be nine episodes and done. Unless we do a, yeah. a final summary. But it feels like we're already doing the last rites as we speak. So, Yeah, we are, we are coming into this. And we don't want to be negative. Because no. 
a lot of these guys, if it weren't for ITV doing this, and to a lesser extent, WWE responding to ITV doing this by like getting their talent onto their own UK show, yeah. a lot of these guys would never have been on terrestrial TV doing what... Mm they love to do there's a decent chance in a year's time because of this instead of there being what 40 british wrestlers now that could make an actual living out of it maybe there'll be a dozen so you're saying this could actually have a like detrimental impact on british wrestling as a whole it won't have a detrimental impact insofar as it will make it worse than it was already it just means it won't get better Mm-hmm. They'll go back to look. I think progress will continue to be successful. I think ICW yeah. will continue to be successful. So these people will be able to go back to what they were earning before, but that might be their ceiling. This is the top. This is the crest of the wave. I think instead of it being another step up, at least I that's how it looks right now. Personally, it could end up being a little bit like Big Brother in the sense that. Maybe another terrestrial channel will pick it up. I can only think of one other terrestrial channel that would would pick up wrestling, and that is Channel 5. Don't they currently have Impact? They do, but not on Channel 5. Yeah, there's a Channel 5 wrestling show. Again, that's kind of very similar to That's on Impact is on Spike. Or or like 5 Spike or something like that. I don't know. Again, TV not tuned in to reiterate for the second time, as you just said to a lesser extent. Um, <laughs> uh, there's still potential out there, and like I said, a Channel Five wrestling show. Could work. Well, the, what was Five Star on? Five Star is Channel well, I mean, Five. But they it's were on, on a lot of cocaine, I would assume. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're all Freeview channels, not mm. um, not terrestrial. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about this for another time. Uh, until next time, which might be a little bit later, I'll be up in Edinburgh this time next week. Uh, to the fringe and I'll be late to see uh, World of Sport purely because I'll be immersing myself in one of the big four WWE weekends oh okay fair enough alright so it might be like Monday or so before this comes out next time might be Monday Tuesday we'll try our best we'll get it into yeah. as quickly as we can or five of you that listen to I mean like my blog viewing my blog reading figures took a dramatic dip as well after the first episode or two uh, so far maybe people maybe, just aren't interested maybe it's my writing it was pretty bloody long in the first one too long um, but um, but I think that's also a sign of just people gave it a go and they didn't like it either which was the crux of a lot of the comments as well agreeing I think with a lot my, of people have just agreeing moved agreeing with on. my assessments and then saying and because of that I won't be watching it whereas I'm <laughs> like and I will be watching every episode <laughs> so come with me gluttons for punishment and also listen to my podcast about bad British movies. Yes, we're going into the plug section, but if Simon's got one more thing he wants to say. I was gonna I was just gonna say that that thing you sort of mentioned at the end there, Lorcan, uh, sums it all up. If if we weren't doing this, would you have watched episode three? I wouldn't have watched it on the day of airing. Well I didn't. <laughs> I would have seen if there was I would have seen if there was some positive word of mouth and seen if there's like but that's me with Raw as well. I don't watch I'm not watching three hours of Raw. Fuck that. But if there's a match out there that people are saying this is really good, check it out, I will do what I can to get it to it at a at a later stage. So if suddenly reviews are saying World of Sport has turned a corner, it's now the best hour on TV other than NXT, then I'd be like, Okay, I'm gonna give this a shout. Even more so probably than NXT, because I'd want to be a British viewer helping a British show out by watching yeah. this. 
you know, I mean, and you want to see a bit of it. I'm already, I'm already a WWE Network subscriber, so they've already got my money, whether they're making something good or not at the moment. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, um, the trouble is with word of mouth is if they drive so many people away, a tree will fall in the forest and no one will be there to hear it. No, if someone says at work that that wrestling's really good, some people will give it a go. Yeah, but if no one's watching it in the first place, like well, that's the thing you need the people to watch it. That's that's my point. Um. It's just, I don't know. It's, we'll see. But until we don't, we, we honestly don't want to be as morbid as we are no, when we do this. Because I thought we were going to be really super positive going in. To be honest, maybe it's because we just saw the viewing figures right before we were about to start recording. Um, so whatever positivity we had seems to be well. Look, if the numbers then go up to back up to six hundred thousand or six hundred seven hundred thousand next week, then maybe there's still it's worked. But if like. It, but if it falls to 400,000... If it falls below 500,000, the show will be pulled off the air before the 10 episodes are done. Or it'll be put to another time slot, which was what happened to C-Word Wrestling. C-Word Wrestling. Um, okay, uh, I'll take you up on that. I'll take you up on that bet. Mm. Uh, we'll set the wager at five of the Queen's English. Well, I mean, that's but but in order for that, to happen, I, I, it th- needs to I go think under they don't want to book around too much more with Saturday Night TV, considering right, okay, they've okay. already got some. I'll, make that, I'll make that bet. Well, it has to go on the basis that we do get numbers under five hundred thousand. Okay. So to trigger the bet, the numbers have to come in under five hundred thousand. Yeah. And if that happens, then I'll say the show will be pulled before ten weeks. Yeah, we those are the terms and conditions. Yeah. So it needs to do one to trigger the actual bets. Yeah. If it stays at 500,000 or above, then the bet never takes place. Yeah. Uh, if we have 500,000 and above or remaining episodes, it's bet is void. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. All right. So that's, some, that's a cliffhanger for you to follow up on. Now you have a reason to tune in every week. Yeah. <laughs> Which more than WOS gives its viewers. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> but until then, Simon, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, people get in touch with me on Simon Cross Free, uh, so known because I have eaten free yogurts today. Very good. Just a little uh, insight into my personal life there. I thought it might have been because you rated the third episode of World of Sport Wrestling the highest so far. Three out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> That's <Ooh>. harsh. <laughs> Come on. Three out of five. You can have that. That's that's 60%. That's fine. And to be fair, I would be doing that if I was rounding up from 2.5. That would be giving you three out of five. <laughs> Always got a decimal point, you don't. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. My name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U W L A for Apple N for Norman. That's N for Norman, like N for Justin Sizen. Knew you'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to give me an email, that's LorcanMullen at gmail dot com. Lorcan Mullen is my tag for my Instagram account, for my Twitter account, on my Facebook account. If you want to become friends with me there, sure. Why the hell not? Nothing means anything anymore. Um... <laughs> <laughs> if you want to listen to my podcast where I dissect bad British movies, then get yourself subscribed to my new podcast series, Best of Worst of British. The first episode is up already. The second episode where we'll be reviewing On the Buses from an era when British wrestling was truly beloved by many in the old 1970s. That'll be our next episode. Now, I've, I actually have seen this movie prior to Lorcan doing this. Um Why? <laughs> I only I didn't have Freeview. I, I only had Terrestrial for a long time as a child. Uh, is all I'll say on that matter. And ITV on a bank holiday would chuck and on the buses out about two ish. Um, 
I, I'm actually probably looking forward to this one because I, I really want to see what you have to say about On the Buses. Well, the plot can be summed up of On the Buses, the movie, with two words spoken in an incredulous tone. <laughs> and if you've heard the trailer for Bob, yeah. um, you'll it, know what those two words are. Let's count it down, sign, say it together. Three, two... Women drivers. So, if you want to hear that over an hour, <laughs> tune into that. That's best of worst of British. Bob, B O W O B, and look for us on the Twitters and Facebooks as well. But until then, we will be back sometime next week to discuss episode four, where we'll see Will Ospreay return. We will see uh, Kaylee Ray, the women's champion, uh, return. Defend against someone. Yeah, they don't say who yet. I, I, that, that is literally all they've given us. They really should have done more than one woman segment so far. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Like, if you want to get the cultural commentators chattering, given how big Glow is right now, can't for the life of me see why they haven't built it around Viper, but I'm not in charge because I'm not cleverer like they are. <laughs> um, you don't have a fancy production company. No, not at all. Um so yeah, if, uh, I think that's everything covered. What else is going to... Oh, Crater's going to return, and the chase for Rampage's championship continues. With who? We don't know. And it looks like maybe it'll be a contenders match. That seems to be the implication there. Hopefully. Yeah. But until then, my name's been Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a good time. Until the next time, farewell, Grapple fans. Grapple fans.